What up, what up, what up? It's your boy AY here coming to you from Woodbine Sports Entertainment. As always, my good friends, Greg, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Good. Happy Sunday. Graham, how about you, man? How'd your weekend sum up? Uh, it was all right. I'm excited to go back to work again this week. I'm never excited to go back to work. Yeah, Monday, no, I'm, losers. I'll, pa- I'll pass on that one. Oh, yeah. But hey, it's always good to be back at work and keeping your body going. And, uh, you know, it's just something we got to do. Got to make that money. But anyway, last week, some uh, news came out with the MLB players and the owners still not getting that contract done. And honestly, I, I'm I'm blaming this one on the owners. I don't know what exactly what they're thinking, but that's where I stand. How about you, Graham? Where are you at? Yeah, I agree with you, man. The owners are just too damn greedy. It's it's out of hand right now. I, they want to pay 80% of these players' salaries, which is uh, it's stupid. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. If these guys are going to play, they should be playing for their 100% paid for whatever the prorated salary is. Absolutely. And, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the teams made the contracts, so I think they got to live up to them. I mean, where are you at with that, Greg? Are you on the owner's side or the player side? No, I'm in the same boat as you guys. It's absolutely ludicrous that these owners won't just pay the players. I mean, and until I don't remember who said it, but one of the players called out the owners and they were like, until we see your books and see how, because the owners are trying to sit here and say that the MLB is not as profitable as you might think. Till we see numbers and you show us books, man, I don't believe that worth a lick. They literally just signed a multi-billion dollar deal with Turner Entertainment for their playoffs. Yeah, so, I'm pretty sure that was around like 5.1 billion and they they net grossed about 10.1 billion last year. So, where's the other 5 billion? I'm sure everybody's got bills to pay, but yeah, I don't know, man. man. It just, doesn't make it doesn't make sense. No, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, if they can show us books on like how hard it is. I mean, like and I get it. Like they are still running a company. They of course they want it to be profitable, profitable, but I mean, honestly, they've also got to consider the long run, too, because if this thing keeps going, I mean, I don't it could become an issue for a 2021 season. No. And so. Yeah, if they really. So my, my thought process is, is why not just bite the bullet, take the loss on this year? I doubt a. For the MLB level, I doubt a loss for a single season is not going to put any of these teams out of business, not even the Marlins. Absolutely so. Not. So you take so you take the one down year, but then you're going into next year strong and ready to go. Because imagine how hyped people are going to be that baseball are going to be bad. You're you're going to have sellouts in Miami. I mean, so I think they they've got to kind of just realize that this is about the long run too, and just bite the bullet on it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that if the players and the owners can't come to an agreement about this year, then it's absolutely going to cause a lockout next year because the the players are still going to want to get paid for the season that even wasn't played because I mean, it's still a contract, you know, you can't just miss payments on your house and keep your house. That's not how it works. So players are going to be looking at that. It's a business decision for them too. I agree. Right. But, but do you get paid for not working? For me at my job, like I don't get paid if I don't go to work. So if these guys aren't going to work, they're not, they should like, they, they're not getting paid. So I think that's where the owners are sitting but at the same time, like you got to realize that these guys, this is their livelihood. Like, not only do they have these monster contracts, like the minor leagues are also out of business while all of this is going down. I was gonna say, I think, I think that's where a lot more of the pain of this is going to be felt. A lot of these minor league teams are going to be the ones, sadly, that are going to be getting hit the hardest well, yeah, because, out of all of this. 
the minor leaguers don't have a lot of guaranteed money in their contracts. That's what's going. That's what like these big time players are going to be. If if a lockout happens, that's what it's going to be for is the guaranteed money that they were supposed to get. Because it, it does it didn't matter anyway if games were being played or not. That's the money that was promised. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. their yearly salary that's guaranteed. I get. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The the ticket prices only help the salary side for the owners. You know what I mean? Like yeah. They, they they have to fork up the money that says guaranteed when the player signs his name. So that I think that's going to cause the biggest lockout. And you're absolutely right. I the miners are definitely taking the bigger hit because those guys are purely salary. Per, well, a lot of those game. guys also like they have second jobs because their salaries are so poor when things are going well. Like like these guys are having to do like legitimate careers outside of baseball yeah. because of this, and it, it's just it's kind of a really bad situation. It's a bad look for baseball and the commissioner of the league just looks like a suit. Basically. He doesn't look like he has any love for the game of baseball. Like, but Bud Selig, the guy who was the commissioner before, when you looked at him, like, yeah, he made a lot of mistakes as a commissioner, but he, you knew that he loved the game of baseball. That This guy, I'm not, I'm not sure has that same love for the game. Mm -hmm. Well, and, but it's also it's not all on him as well. I mean, it's also it's it's these owners as well, and the players uh, honestly have been coming at it like on. I think th- I would even use the word just like they've been coming at it from a very understanding angle. Like in their first proposal, um, back at the end of May, the players said that not only will we play our games, obviously, but during the games, like they offered to be mic'd up during the games, like they've been doing in spring training games and to even hold season, hold off season events, like an all-star game in a home run derby to try and generate some more revenue. Right. Like they understand that like, this is about the revenue for the owners, but these owners just don't seem to understand it at all because it's just, they're just, I don't. I don't think there's. They're just so far apart. I don't think there's going to be baseball this year. It's crazy to me, honestly. I don't really understand how much money goes into the merchandise side of things, and I feel like that's what's really holding up these owners is they have to pay. They probably have contracts with these other companies that make all of their merchandise that they have to pay, and they just wouldn't be able to pay the player and the the retailers who are selling their product and making their product and. I honestly think that the owners just got caught with their pants down and promised money that they never really had. Uh, and now they're just being exposed and they're not even and the players aren't even trying to expose them. The players just want to play. And the owners are so stingy with their money right now. Like Wall Street, man, it's just they're not willing to give anything because to them, they just don't see the big money coming in without. Well, fans. But like like you said earlier, that uh, that the owners are kind of relying on ticket sales to kind of offset some of the salary price like maybe that's why they're they're uh asking to give the players 80 percent because they're nervous with everything that's been going on that they're nervous that attendance is going to be so low that they're not going to be able to offset any of that and i also don't think that like merchandise is really going to take a hit if you're a fan you're going to buy the new jersey with the new name on it i mean yes and no a lot of people have been out of work for a long time true but so then how are they going to afford to go to the game anyway and the, right. the only thing is, is like, Greg, how would you feel anyway if, you know, they let's say you were a player, right? And you sign this contract. And next thing you know, uh, stadiums can just have full full attendance and the MLB really doesn't miss a beat. How, how pissed would you be as a player if that happened to you? Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's exactly it. And it's just also I mean, like 
what if what if you get injured? What if you get injured and it's a lasting injury and you're not even making the money you're supposed to be making? Like mm-hmm. there's just and I get it. They're they're arguing over millions and millions of dollars, but just in simple numbers and just being decent humans, that's just that's not how you treat your employees. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that, it's that's just what, that's what I meant, man. I think the players are exposing these uh, teams and markets without even trying, and it's just putting a bad taste in baseball. And hopefully. It really doesn't leak into next year because baseball is America's pastime. It's one of the greatest games ever made, and it's one of the most beloved games around the world. So we need baseball back eventually, but we'll see how that goes. Hopefully they can figure that out and get, get that deal stricken so we can get some you know bats on the field. You know what I mean? Definitely, man. See that I'll dirt fly. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we got some other news coming out of uh, the NFL. We wanted to talk to you guys about free agents coming up and you know, some, some bigger guys that are still on the market that haven't found a home yet. Uh, first one though, I would like to talk about is already on a team. Miles Garrett, Chicago or Chicago, Jesus, uh, (laughs) Cleveland, Miles Garrett, uh, Cleveland. Uh, do you guys think he's worth all the money he's going to be asking for? Yes and no. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of gray area on that one. Um, if he can be on the field, I'd say yes. Uh, but it just, it doesn't seem like, I don't know. I think that I'm. I mean, there's, there's, there, there's no argument though, you know, that he's one of the best young superstars coming up in this league. I think right now the big thing is going to be everybody's looking at that game against Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he can, yeah. if he can stay on the field and control like his anger and all that, I mean, I don't I don't know what was said, what wasn't said and all that, but it's whether right. it's right or wrong, you gotta you gotta make sure you gotta keep yourself in check. Mm-hmm. Um you, you gotta cause not only A, did he physically try and hurt somebody on a football field in a non football related play, but he also let his teammates down. And like even though like his teammates might defend him and be like, Yeah, that's our guy, he's still our guy and but you got to make sure that your teammates can depend on you as well. Yeah. How about you, Graham? Do you think he's worth all this money? Uh, like I said, yes and no, man. And pretty much for the same reasons. Like I understand Mason Rudolph may have said a racial slur towards him. He may not have. We don't, we don't know. There was no mics on the field at the time. We can just only go based on what people have said. So that being said, I don't feel like it's okay to, ever respond somebody saying words to somebody with violence mm-hmm. and taking your like your like the guy's helmet off and then hit cracking him over the head with it not not a good look at all especially on it, national it, television dude it, that looked so bad that that the brawl that ensued from that it was just it was yeah it was scary man like somebody could have gotten really hurt absolutely and, uh, absolutely like the guy is a, is a phenomenal athlete. The guy is a beast at defensive end. He's putting up really good sack numbers his whole career so far. And if you just look at it that way, he definitely deserves the payday. Mm-hmm. But the, this other, but this other stuff, man, like it's just it, it's hard to like keeping your composure is is one of the most important things that somebody can do, especially a football player. 
Because mm-hmm. because uh, you you are like physically your body is basically a weapon. Like you you are knocking around three hundred pound dudes all fucking like all day, all day. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I totally agree. And at the end of the day, no matter the situation, they got to remember the role that they're in. And I thought Greg, you know, you you pointed on that a little bit, but. These guys, they get paid a lot of money to be where they are. They've earned everything they've gotten. But at the end of the day, they are role models for young adults across this world. And Graham, I know you've hit that before with uh, past episodes talking about Ed Oliver saying, you know, at the end of the day, you got to remember you are on a higher, you're in a higher image. You have to hold yourself to a standard. If Mason Rudolph did throw a racial slur towards him, then like. Then hit him harder next play. Smack him. Yeah, you know, like drive like, him to the ground. Yeah, break his break his goddamn leg on like like on a sack. <laughs> do do the Joe Theismann on him. Like yeah. like do something that's like clean but dirty, and and get away with it on the field. Like don't yeah. like don't. Now we don't it, condone anybody trying to purposely no. hurt anybody, but at the end of the day, there was other avenues Miles Garrett could have gone to deal and I, with. I, that dude, I situation. totally understand losing your composure, flying off the handle over something that somebody says. I've done it. Everybody in the world has done it. It happens. It's just be, having the presence of mind to remember that you are in the national spotlight. You were. I can't remember if it was Sunday night or Monday night football that game. It was. It was. Mm-hmm on the national stage yep and that happened and it it was just a bad look dude absolutely and you know he's calling they're calling it a mega deal out of cleveland uh we'll see what happens right there we'll see how much money he gets but dude that's if they so hold on though real quick if they re-sign this dude to a mega deal what is that going to look like for their cap they're going to have him obj baker mayfield's going to be coming up on one he's got his fifth year option coming up but after that like Mm-hmm. They got like, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry. They got some yeah, you got Martin, in there. Yeah, you got all these guys that are like a couple of them already have huge contracts, and then and then. I think the Browns are looking at their situation a lot like the Bills. They're they're going to try to make a run this year. They got the quarterback for a couple of years. They got their wide receivers. They got uh, some big names on that defense, and the offensive line is no joke. And they got Nick Chubb. Uh, so I see the Browns in a situation right now where they're just thinking win now. I mean, they were even in talks with signing a couple other free agents that we'll get into later. But uh, before we really get into the free agents that are already out there, um, Greg, I wanted to ask you a question because it's easy for me and Graham to sit here as Bills fans and judge the Patriots and how they're going to have to do their game this year and how they're going to have to move the ball with Tom Brady being gone. And Sonny Michelle having surgery, I know they're saying he might miss time now. Being a Giants fan, you know all about the Patriots too. Their run game. Do you think this is going to hurt Jarrett Steedham's uh, growth coming into this year? Well, I mean, it definitely could. I mean, when you lose, he is their main rushing attack. The, when you lose that, I mean, you're losing a leg. And Steedham coming in for his first year as an actual starter, he's going to need all the tools he could get. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's if he can. If, I don't think they're saying he's going to miss any time in the regular season as long as everything heals according to plan because he actually already was in Foxborough when he got the surgery. So like he's not going to be affected by any travel restrictions or anything like that. But if he comes out rusty there's those first few games while Steenum's trying just to find his footing there, I mean, that definitely could put a real hamper on. I don't know who they play their first few games, but 
it's definitely going to make them a lot harder. I mean, they obviously have other running backs, but none of them really specialize. None of them are the ground and pound kind yeah. of Sonny Michelle. They got a lot of their scat backs, like Rex yeah. Burkhead and Brandon Bolden. I know last year they were using Brandon Bolden down on the goal line a lot. Um, but I don't know. I think Jared Steedham is kind of going to be lost this year. I, I know a lot of people are high on the Patriots, but if Sonny Michelle isn't 100% at all throughout this year, I think the Patriots aren't very good this year. Because uh, if he's not in, they are more predictable than when he's not. And, you know, you know what James White's capable of. He's he's done it for years. Rex Burkhead. I mean, those guys, James White's above average. But other than that, I would say they're all kind of mediocre. They could have a hard time making other teams. I think they just fit the scheme for the Patriots. But I don't know. I think the pa- I, I watched last year Tom Brady comes out against the Jets that he's up like 30 to 7. Jarrett Steedham comes in for one play, throws a pass, and Jamal Adams takes him to the house, and then he's out. <laughs> so the I think the Patriots are going to need everything they can get. What do you think, Graham? Uh, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference only because of the style of offense that Bill Belichick is going to be putting into place. It's going to be very run heavy. It's going to be the the usual four-headed backfield. It's, it, it, I don't think that losing Sony Michelle for – the preseason and possibly the first couple weeks of the season is going to be that big of a loss. In all honesty, all right. all I right. think this. I think that their games are going to be more predicated on their defense stopping other teams, mm-hmm. and not so much them lighting up the scoreboard like they have in years past. Okay, yeah, I agree. But with that's that. the thing, though, when they're when you when you aren't going to be as successful offensively, any the slightest drop in production makes an ugly head oh yeah. so i mean so even with if michelle comes out rusty those first few games or if he's not even playing those first few games i think that just absolutely takes them out of any game almost any game i mean depending on like i said who they play but like any good team i don't have confidence that the, i mean they might they might lose 13 to 0 but they're putting up zero I mean, let's I mean, not forget here either. The Patriots lost a crap ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball this year. Well, so, and I'm just saying, if if their defense even leads them, yeah. like Grant was saying, they're still going to lose 13-0 or 13-3 because they can't put points on the board. Yep. And I mean, also, they were talking about only having two preseason games this year. So if that happens, too, I mean, that's just less time Seedham has to get going with any other player there as well because... It's it's not as easy as people think it is to be a quarterback in the NFL. So even throwing those little flat routes, oh, the in timing, perfect time, you know the time, all that matters, man. So I think Jared Seedham does need everything to be clicking for him to be successful. And I think the absence of Sonny Michelle possibly being there for a couple of weeks could hurt his production. But yeah, bro, I'm just sour. I hate the Patriots. Yeah, me too. Well. Trust me, I'm hoping that they suck. But you know what? At the end of the day, I got to be realistic. And uh, so going forward. Uh, Greg, did you, were there any notable free agents that you are surprised still aren't there? I know that uh, a lot of teams weren't very worried about getting to Cam Newton right now just because their doctors can't touch him. But were there any other notable free agents where you kind of scratch your head like, why isn't this dude on a team right now? I mean, all of a lot of them have like their reasoning on why they're free agents still. I mean, there's there's I don't think there's really one person that you're like, Wow, how is he not on a team? Because even probably the most talented that is a free agent, Jadavian Clowney, he he's asking for twenty million dollars a year, and a lot of teams obviously aren't thinking he's worth it. Um, his production 
if you look at his per game production, he's just below Khalil Mack, but he just he's had a lot more injury issues than Khalil Mack. So I don't think teams are willing to pay because like I said, if he's a shade below Mac and Mac's making 23 and a half million a year. Mm-hmm. So if he's on the field, I would say he's worth it. But if if you can't guarantee that he's going to be on the field because of injuries, then you're not going to be paying him that 20 million. Absolutely. That could take a serious hit on your cap. If, that, that, especially if, especially you need if, that to be a knockout player. If you're yeah, going to put that much cap space. Absolutely. There. How about you, Graham? Anybody's really stick out to you like a sore thumb? Yeah. Uh, to me, Devontae Freeman does, and that's mostly because he's been so productive in Atlanta, and he's still kind of young. I don't know, man. I, I just he's kind of a head scratcher. Like I, I feel like there's a couple teams in this league that could use a nice, like compliment player. Yes, yes, a compliment back. It's not. I don't think he's gonna break the bank by any means, but I, like I just, I guess that's why I'm kind of confused on why he's still a free agent. Yeah. No, well, I, the I would... thing of it is like with running backs, though, like you can have like players who are playing into their mid 30s and mid 40s, or sorry, not mid 40s, mid 30s, the late 30s. I mean, obviously, you got your couple at 40, but but the time span on running backs isn't that. I mean, you don't, nobody wants to sign a running back over 30 years old. Devonta Freeman is 28. So he's in the equivalent of the last two years of his really really productive career right so so a lot of people are probably they don't probably want to give him longer than that longer than a two-year deal but Devontae freeman wants a longer deal because he doesn't want to have to resign when he's 30 years old so exactly exactly so it's tough with that running back position because it just seems like their lifespans are so short to really get to really get paid like they probably should what really stinks about it too is that that age plays such a factor man because there's no doubt there's no doubt that Devontae freeman can still be a highly productive running back in this league there's no doubt he like every time he's played he's he's always given it it's all and you know he hasn't always had the best offensive line to run behind but he's made it work so yeah that's really unfortunate for right and he he can catch the ball out of the backfield right uh honestly i think he'll find a home I would honestly be so scared if the Patriots got him because I could see that being a Patriot move. Because uh, I just remember when they went out and got Corey Dillon, and that surprised the hell out of me. And you know what? I'm they just can't surprise me anymore. When they make a pick, they're they're a Pro Bowler. But that takes me into my um, player who kind of sticks out to me is Larry Warford out of the New Orleans Saints, or last played for New Orleans. He was drafted in 2013, but he made all three Pro Bowls while with the Saints. So. And he's only 28. That's that's one position where age you'll you'll see guys linger into like their 35, 36. I mean, Marshall Yonda, just as an example, an older guy who was still very productive at his position on the offensive line. And Larry Warford, 28 years old. I mean, highly productive that I'm surprised there isn't a team out there taking him up because you can always use help on the offensive line. Right. Well, and especially especially offensive linemen, they always they like you said, they always play later into their careers than a lot of other players i mean look at jason peters too i mean he's still coming off of very productive years in philadelphia now he's 38 so i mean i don't see him getting more than a year or two contract but i mean that just goes to show i mean this kid could have another 10 years of tread on his tires he could so i mean i i'm i'm surprised that he's available as well because like you said he was extremely productive in new orleans yeah graham uh i know we said we were Oh, at least I said I'm not surprised Cam Newton hasn't found a home. Do you think there is a team out there who could use a Cam Newton and maybe would 
or do you see Cam Newton kind of signing as a backup somewhere? No, I I see two teams that stick out to me that could use Cam Newton, and they're both in the AFC. I think that the Patriots could use Cam Newton. Uh, mm-hmm. My my reason being that Steedham is just not proven. And I know that Bill Belichick loves this kid, Jared Steedham. He is all about him, and he hasn't had any interest in Cam Newton, but it just makes sense that Cam Newton would end up being a New England Patriot to me. Okay. How about um, you, Greg? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Pick uh, I was going to say the, the other team I have is the Chargers. Other team is the Chargers. How about you, Greg? I, I could see the Chargers because, I mean, obviously, I mean, we don't even know if they're sold on Justin Herbert, much less uh, Tyrod <laughs> yeah. Taylor. So, I mean, I it can make sense for him to go out there. I mean, I just, like you like you were saying, Graham, I mean, Bill Belichick's just absolutely sold on Steedham. And Bill Belichick, I don't think he, I think he's made one, one wrong move in like the past 10, 15 years. So, I mean, mm-hmm. If he's sold on the kid, then I'm expecting him to come in and play well. Or And even then, it's just well enough to do what the Patriots do. I mean, there's been years that Tom Brady's not thrown up amazing numbers, but they just keep winning. He's doing just enough to get that team to where it needs to be. So maybe that's all they're expecting to see him to do. Like you said, they have a really strong defense, and obviously it did lose a few pieces this year, but maybe they're just expecting to lean on that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree with that. Bill Belichick, you know, like I said before, too, I, I'm i not surprised by this guy anymore. When he sees something, he sees it, and he makes it work. But Cam Newton, I think the only reason why he's not on a team is because of medical reasons. Teams got to be able to touch him, see him, you know, make sure he passes physicals and stuff like that to show that he's healthy enough to play. But I don't know if he's the same Cam Newton that people expect in Car- that they got in Carolina uh, just for the simple fact that he really hasn't been the same since the Super Bowl run, and I, I honestly think his production has dropped. I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Newton signs as a backup, though. I I don't know if a team is going to pay him starter money anymore. I don't think I don't think he's going to get a ridiculous contract. Uh, team that I could see him going to is maybe even Jacksonville. Okay, um, they got rid of Nick Foles, but if they could get maybe a discount with signing Cam Newton. Um, that would maybe be something they're looking into because, I mean, I'm not sure if they have anybody else on their roster other than Gord- or Gardner Minshew right now. So, I mean, I think that there would be a place for Newton there, whether he is able to earn that starting spot from Minshew or if he just is a backup. But I'm not sure if uh, – I think Cam Newton would love Florida too, man. Oh, yeah. Being in Florida, I think he'd love it. And they got some nice young wide receivers out there, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be a nice situation for him, especially the warm weather would keep him loose with all of his past injuries and his lingering injuries. That would probably be good for him being in that yeah, type of environment. Definitely. But another notable uh, free agent that I'm surprised isn't signed somewhere is Everson Griffin. I know he's a little older, but never really dropped in production for sacks. He's been pretty consistent. Um, anybody I else? I got anybody else for, for you guys that that you like? I there's a couple guys, but I. You mentioned Everson Griffin. I do want to say I believe that Everson Everson Griffin should sign with Greg's Giants. I think yeah. Giants need some help on that front seven. I think that Everson Griffin is going to bring them some good production and and be a difference maker on the defense. Yeah, and it would be a pass rush they could definitely use. I mean, didn't they let go of Mark, Marcus Golden, right, Greg? They let go of him this year. They haven't re-signed him yet. Um, they're, they didn't. 
it wasn't like a clean sever. It kind of was just like a mutual, like it just hasn't happened yet thing. Mm -hmm. So especially with Marcus Golden, not really receiving a whole lot of um, attention from other teams, there is a possibility that he might come back to the giants. I don't like nobody's really anybody who's like in contact with people inside their offices and all that. Like they're not like sitting there saying, Oh no, we don't want him back. It was just kind of the contract ended and that was that. So so they could bring Marcus Golden back. But, I mean, I'd love to see either Everson Griffin or if Jadavian Clowney came for the right price. I mean, oh yeah, the, the Giants' pass rush is just absolutely lacking, and it's definitely going to be probably our biggest issue this year. With the additions we made to the secondary, I think that the secondary is going to sure up. So I think our biggest issue is going to be that pass rush. We're not going to be able to get pressure on the quarterbacks, and they're just going to pick that young secondary apart. Honestly, yeah. man, even even Cameron Wake, he's a free agent still. Like even Cameron Wake would do well for the Giants if you got him for a good year, a yeah. year deal. I mean, but and he's a, year, and it, he is thirty eight though. So yeah, like the, all these all these guys that are left as free agents, it's all about the right price. Yeah, on the on the defensive line. Yeah, I mean, you got so. some of your younger guys out there. I mean, Jadavian Clowney's right at the peak of his prime, so that's why he's asking for that money. I. I feel like there's a lot of teams that want Jadavian Clowney. And I, I honestly feel like there's more teams involved in these contract negotiations than the sports world is allowing to get out. Because there's no way... I, I honestly feel like the Chiefs would be a kind of team that just somehow find a way to sign this dude. And because they've always had passwords. They've had D Fords. They've had Justin Houston's. They've had, you know, Tom Bahali's. They've always had a premier pass rusher. And I don't know. Something tells me that Jadavian Clowney is going to a Super Bowl contender. I don't think he's going to settle at a I don't at think a he wants phase. I think that I think that Jadavian Clowney's list is limited to only Super Bowl contenders. It, and it probably should be. I mean, he deserves the win one. He's he's I don't really think the statistics are there, but just the the capability he has to take over a game when he's on fire is what you're paying for at the end of the day. Yeah, so uh, I got one for you guys, and I'm wondering what your guys' opinion on this guy is because he's kind of one of those uh, guys you look at and you, you scratch your head a little bit and wonder why he does the things he does. Vontez Perfect is a free agent still. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see him re-signing or signing with any team in the NFL? Do you want to take that, Greg? Or? I... I mean, maybe he gets in with like a league minimum contract, but I mean, dude can't play a season without getting uh, suspended. So I, I want to be signing him. I There's no reason to pay him money if he's not even going to be on the field. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think Vonta has kind of ruined his own image. Uh, what is it? Uh, Gruden is honestly one of the most respected coaches in the game. And if you don't make his team for mental reasons then you kind of showed the whole entire nfl that you're probably not worth it no he got suspended for a bad hit he got suspended and then the raiders dropped him right because so this so the reason that i brought that up is i just i think that this guy deserves to just be tossed out of this league like there's no room for the cheap shots that he does and that was Says the, the guy that, who just said, well, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm saying that that's that's a different circumstance. Uh. <laughs> this guy is out there head hunting, 
He's just a You're dirty right. player. He's been a dirty player his whole career. Miles Garrett had one incident. This yeah. guy has been a dirty, dirty player since day one in the NFL. You, you know what? And that I'm going to get a little sidetracked here. There's some that we didn't have scheduled to talk about, but I do want to bring it up now that we that, that we mentioned that. James Harrison came out, right? Did you guys heard about this where Mike Tomlin apparently gave James Harrison an envelope after a game for yeah. injuring a wide receiver? Yep, an envelope full of money. Yeah, you know, that really makes you wonder how often that's a thing. Well, and we know especially that back in that Saints. time. With the yeah, yeah, we do. Who was that so, player? Who who did they catch again out there? Jonathan Vilma. They caught Vilma doing it? Yep. No kidding. They, I thought it was they, somebody well, else. But. Greg Williams. It was the whole defense, though. The yeah. Greg Williams was the fucking ring. Yeah, was the was the ringleader of it. So I mean, that was the whole thing. And I, I don't know. I how much I do don't, you think? How much do you think they pay somebody to to take him out? Like just just for shits and giggles. How, you think it's depends on who it is? I think right. it depends on who it is. If it's how, the starting quarterback, it's probably a hundred. Dang. Like, what do you even say? What do you you call him into the the room and say, "Hey, man, uh, your career could potentially no, it's a, end." It's a bounty, it's a bounty <laughs> system. That's all it is. It's a bounty system. They they set a price on a guy's head for the game, and if you take him out, you get paid the bounty. That's all it is. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's it, and it's with this. Uh, I'm glad that something was brought about with it because that's it, trying to end people's careers. Being it's such a short career. It's just so bad, dude. Honestly, like it, I thought the luck. whole thing was swept under the table. It I don't even was swept under the rug you know, a little bit. Like, where's there's no investigation on Mike Tomlin. At least you haven't heard anything about it. So it was it was kind of like one of those things where it was like the NFL already knows about it, and they're just like, oh yeah, we'll just you know what he said that really dang. Um, you know what? Just just push that aside right there. Just act like that was never said. <laughs> well. I'm just really surprised that there hasn't been further investigation into Mike Tomlin and the whole situation, because that's no, something man. that I think should be monitored. I, you're not out like, yes, we're all out there to win championships. You're out there to give it your all. You worked your whole life for it. I get it. But at the end of the day, that guy has been working as hard as you his whole entire life to be in that same situation. You, you're not supposed to try to play God and injure somebody and potentially ruin their career or hurt them even ser- more serious. Yeah, man. I mean, I I remember seeing it. You see the report come out, and then I saw Tomlin say, "No, that didn't happen," and that was that. Um, that that was about everything that happened with that. So I'm not I'm not sure what that. I have to look into that. See what actually, if anything, came out of that, or if it just all got swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Because I think that got know. swept under the rug with all the like all the quarantine stuff. And yeah, it was right before the, it was right before yeah. the draft. So a yeah. lot of that was just claiming well, you know, the headlines. But no, yeah, looking back at some of these free agents, so I'm sorry we got sidetracked there talking about that. But, you know, it, it, it was just interesting to me that we haven't heard any more about it. But um, just another quick thought, like I, I'm looking at this free agent list this year, and there's just a lot of guys that I'm surprised are as old as they are because I grew up watching these guys. You know, Graham mentioned Cameron Wake. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is on there. Marcel Darius. So it, it's just kind of weird for me to – you know, see these guys on the free agents like, man, how's this guy not signed? Then you look at their age and they're like 35 or something. And it's, it's like, wow, time flies, yeah, right? They're at the end of their career and you don't even know it. Yeah. It's like, wow, I really did appreciate watching them play, but yeah, I don't know. Like, well, like Terrell Suggs watching him just win, like win a Super Bowl with Ray Lewis, that last, Ray Lewis's last year, man. Yeah. 
And they even got Delaney Walker on there. I mean, Delaney yeah. Walker is like ancient when it comes to NFL, but shit, man, I grew up watching these dudes, watch them like go through their prime and everything. And it's just weird. Tremont Williams, just another one. But yeah, I found that I find that kind of like I, fi- I yeah, I just find it like really nostalgic because it's like I'm, I'm looking at all these guys that I once like was watching and playing my game after it in high school and stuff. And it's just weird seeing them on their way out I mean, of the league. I think the the first time I really had one of those moments, um, kind of on the other end of it, when I just started to feel old, was when we were sitting there and uh, watching yeah. watching Johnny Manziel play, and he, well, I was about to say he'd be my sister's age, but yeah, so he'd be your guys's age, mm-hmm. and now the MVP, Patrick Mahomes, is a few years younger than us. It's just we're coming to that point in our lives. We're just. We're old men. sons of guns, man, on our way to 30. But, hey, there's plenty more young talent coming up in the NFL that we should all be excited for. And hopefully, you know, the NFL, we've we've spoken on a couple times. We, we hope that they can use this Petri dish from the other leagues to figure out how they can make this work with fans getting back in the stadiums and just making it safe for everybody so we can all enjoy a sport once it comes back because it's going to be loud. It's going to be electrifying when the NFL comes back into action and, Hopefully they can just be as prepared as possible for it. But honestly, I think that's going to do it for us here today. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I'm just, I'm happy sports is on its way back. Um, soccer started back up. PGA tour was back this weekend. Daniel Berger actually ended up pulling it off in a playoff hole today. I'm not sure if you guys were watching. You know, that, I, but. I honestly wasn't watching that, but I know you're huge on golf. Did, did, did he earn it? Did he oh, yeah. make it work? Oh yeah, he pl- right. he pl- he played a real good uh he played a really consistent weekend. And um I mean when you go when you go one on one into a playoff hole, man, it's it's battle of nerves, dude. Who so who came, came in down, second? Who came in second? Um Colin his name's Colin uh Colin Marakawa. I haven't okay. actually heard of him before that. But basically it came down. Um Colin Marakawa had to make a putt to force another playoff hole and it rimmed out. And that oh. was that. And wow, that's so a little the game. bit of drama at the end, huh? Yeah, man. And and that's just that's the game of golf. That's exactly how it goes is you can be sitting there riding high and then you just mm-hmm. lip out one putt. And that's that. I mean, Rory McIlroy had it from the other side. He was having a garbage day today and then he chipped in from a bunker. Yeah. Meant nothing because he was six shots back or whatever. <laughs> but but that's just that's how it goes, man. Yep. I mean. So I was now, really excited to see golf come back this weekend. What were are, they, are, are they allowing fans to be in attendance or no? Um, this weekend they didn't. If you give me 30 seconds, um, I know they did just announce that when they announced the first tournament that they're going to let fans in. Okay. Okay. I mean, I could see them not allowing it, but I mean, golf courses are huge, right? So they are, but they would have to, but they are, they're, they're still crowds. So they'd have to, they'd have to do some sort of, um, policing on that. Yeah. They'd have to maybe only allow a quarter of the people they usually do or 50%. Because you're not going to be able to sit there and make sure every single person is six feet away from each other. Yeah, and it, and it's not like everybody's there to watch the same person. I mean, there's probably yeah. a bunch of the the above. Well, at, that's yeah. Well, that's what it usually is. Is you, there's two types. There's two types of people in golf. There's people who will go there and follow a certain golfer, and they'll just follow them shot for shot. And then there's people who will go set up, will just watch everybody come through like a parade, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you got those crowds moving hole to hole trying to follow somebody and you got to remember they play in groups as well. So 
especially this weekend. This weekend was a huge star-studded group of guys playing. Um, and so when you've got like three of the top ten in the world in one group in one area, yeah, exactly. So so they're gonna have to do a little bit of uh, figuring out how exactly they're gonna do it. It is going to be at the Memorial Tournament in Ohio, July 16th through 19th will be the first time they let uh, spectators back in. You know what? I'm not much of a golf guy, but I might actually drive out there just to watch a damn sport. (laughs) Dude, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I've been watching a lot of COD League. I watched the entire I watched the entire tournament this weekend. They really and it's 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 interesting what they did with the league this year. They basically revamped it to really model like our modern day sports so every can can you explain cod league to those people that might not know what that is greg um it's call of duty it's professional call of duty uh Mm -hmm. so basically they're all on teams of five and each team is like from a city now so like you've got like the minnesota rocker you've got the la optic right right phase so it, it just makes it seem a lot like you've got much more of a fandom there because then you might get those people who like haven't been watching these kids since five years ago. All of a sudden they're like, Oh, well this is call of duty. This is interesting. Oh, this team's from New York. I'm going to root for that. Yeah. I'm going to root for them. It's their local team. Then even, even though, even though honestly, I think these teams have little, nothing to do with like the hometown. The players players aren't actually from New York. They're just exactly. So they're just called like the New York, whatever, or the Atlanta phase and, yeah. yeah, but so, but yeah, so I've been watching a lot of that. There was a lot of good uh, matches this week, and a lot of, they do get so they play uh, best three out of five, and yeah, nine of the thirteen, yeah, nine of the thirteen matches this week went to game five. Oh wow! So it was a pretty um, adrenaline rushed. Uh, yeah, weekend a lot of a lot of. A lot of a lot of competitive play. So okay. that's what I was doing most of the weekend. I don't know about you guys. Um, I was they just doing have, some side jobs and chilling, man. <laughs> yeah. So they've got they've got another tournament next weekend. So that's probably what I'll be doing next weekend is watching some more of that, watching some more golf and getting ready for some more sports to come back. Heck yeah. It's always an exciting time when sports are back. And hey, if you're not in the games, you know, maybe you should check it out. It is still fun. They got it's still exciting and people are still amped up to be there and the the crowd does get loud. So Graham, before we send them on their way and we let the neighbors go home, I mean, why don't you plug them in for us, buddy? All right, guys. Uh, we have our Instagram page. It's woodbine underscore sports. Please go like and follow the page. Uh, you can get all of your sports news and updates throughout the week there when you're not listening to us. Uh, also, we have our other podcast, The Buffalo Binge, that releases on Mondays. And uh, definitely stay tuned into that, me and AY go in depth about Buffalo sports and everything going on with our local area also. So what do you got for him, Greg? No, man, I don't really have anything else. I just, I appreciate as always, everybody coming in and listening and taking the walk around the cul-de-sac with us. And, uh, hope you guys all have a great week. Uh, I know a lot of people are going back to work, so stay safe. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Stay safe, you know, love everybody and, you know, lend a hand, pay it forward. Let's make the world a better place day by day. And, Tune in next week for Woodbine Sports Entertainment. We'll come back to you with more sports. Love you. Peace out, guys. See ya.